Hey, I'm Tim. And I'm Drew. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In Season 4, Episode 13, we talked to Faith Belt about her capstone project. Welcome to another episode of the Hearts and Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Babbler. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Drew Sonnenberg. And Drew, it was a pleasure to get to catch up with Faith Belt again this week for the podcast, as she has just recently graduated college and is moving on to new artistic ventures. Yeah, and we wanted to talk to her because she just finished college, and as part of her final semester, she had to do kind of a capstone project that was sort of the culmination of everything she's learned over the last four years. But she she kind of took an interesting route. Tim, last week, you and I were talking about writing songs and how the project we were working on gave us the opportunity to kind of try something a little different for us, something new. But I think Faith Faith beats us both out here. Um, she she not only tried something that was new to her, she tried something that she had very little frame of reference to explore. And yet somehow succeeded very, very well. And it was honestly a pleasure to talk to her. So let's uh, get into that interview now. Today, we're excited to welcome back to the podcast, our friend and creative Faith Belt. Welcome back, Faith. Hi, it's good to be back again. <laughs> hey, for our listeners who may have missed your previous episodes, could you just reintroduce yourself, please? Yeah, so my name is Faith. I just graduated college this past spring. Oot, oot. So, yeah, I, I'm excited about that. Also, definitely in like a weird transitional period, but I think all will be well, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I kind of, I've been working in drawing and uh, ceramic sculpture and recently some puppetry stuff, specifically underwater puppetry stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's exactly why we wanted to talk to you today. You mentioned you just graduated and as part of your final semester, you had to do kind of a capstone project. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of just like a a show at the end of uh, your last spring semester where it, you just make a body of work. So everything is kind of culminating to that throughout like the whole college program. But um, yeah, that's what I've been working on. So. And as you already mentioned, you came up with underwater puppetry. So <laughs> let's, let's kind of start at the beginning. Like you could have chosen anything and you went with underwater puppetry. Where where did you even get this idea from? <laughs> well, so last, not this spring, but the spring before, I had I was in a video class, and I like that was just sort of a required class that we had to take. And it was really good. Like we learned how to do like how to use a camera and how to edit and stuff. Filming content was, I think, the hardest part because um, I didn't have any ideas. But then I did like a sock puppet thing that was kind of goofy. And I was like, you know what? Maybe puppets, maybe I should do more with that. So then I did a shadow puppet video right after that. And I had a lot of fun doing that. And then that following summer, I was with Jason Jasterson as his apprentice. And <laughs> it's kind of goofy, but he he told me to watch My Octopus Teacher 
which is like a Netflix show about this guy who he was a like a nature videographer and he had sort of lost inspiration. So he returned back home where he would go diving every day. And then he like finds this octopus and basically watches it for a year and just like he finally kind of gets his inspiration again. But in that, to go back in that, in that documentary, there are so many scenes of just like slow moving kelp. And I was like, that is the most magical thing I've ever seen. And then I was thinking, well, wait a minute. That's what if, what if I somehow combined puppetry with that sort of slow motion movement and then I bought a fish tank and played around in it. And there you go. <laughs> so forgive me for my ignorance, but this, this whole thing is just so foreign to me. Like, how do you even, so you buy a fish tank, but then like, what, what's next? What do you do? <laughs> I mean, I guess what I started with, I got the fish tank and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I just kind of played with like different fabrics and stuff in the water and then from there I just sort of like started building um different like structures that I could put fabric over and then like it still had that flowy movement it was a lot of just like playing with things for for a semester like the whole any kind of idea or like story idea or specific character definitely came later because the medium is so weird. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there is also precedent for it. Like you have, you have Vietnamese water puppetry, which isn't underwater puppetry, but it's like a similar idea where you're, where like you have the stage and a stage is basically just a giant pool of water and you're making your puppets kind of act on top of the water. So there's, there's that. And then you have like things and if you've seen the Muppets Christmas Carol, I think it's the ghost of Christmas past. Um, Mm -hmm. It, they have the ghost figure and that was shot in baby oil actually, instead of water, but got, it had the similar idea of like the slow moving fabric and such, but that's all I could find on that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, then you you've been playing around with fabrics and, and structures and things like that. How does that then become a story and become a kind of a fully fledged project? That was the hardest part, I think, actually, because it's fun to just play with stuff in the water <laughs> and watch it and like play with lighting and things. But I think it was a lot harder, at least for me. I like I I don't really write stories or build stories or anything so I was sort of learning or failing how to do that (laughs) um (laughs) I think I mean part of it was just like kind of experiencing other stories that were around and taking characters from that like I think I was what, what was one that I was looking into there were some like ancient stories that I was kind of oh the questing beast uh, which is like a Arthurian legend that I was sort of, that was just like around in my head. Like I was sort of reading parts of it and I had read it in high school and it was just coming back to my brain. Um, so I would just take characters from that and play with that and then see 
if that turned into anything. And that's that's eventually what I went with was the story of the questing beast for the actual capstone project. But yeah, that, the story part's definitely the hardest. I think just taking things that already exist and sort of making it your own or exploring what they could be. I think there's there's a lot to that, though. I mean, you have to, especially if it's a story that's already known with characters that are known, you have to recreate them, though, in a completely different way with it being for that underwater experience. And then yeah, you have to write the whole story. I mean, was there dialogue included in this, right? There was no dialogue. I <laughs> that was yeah. that was kind of tough because the capstone was a live performance, and I think going forward, it, it's different. It's a different process if you're building and and writing a story for a live performance versus a video, because your audience is different, or like the the context that the audience is in is different. I think I just did a lot of music for the for the capstone and then it was mostly focusing on the movement and then like who the characters were and how they moved versus dialogue but I think going forward I need to do more dialogue. I just don't know how to fit that in yet. <laughs> so you mentioned a couple times and I think I remember in kind of following this as you were posting things on Facebook, lighting being kind of a big part of this. Could you talk a little more about that? Yeah. On so on the one hand, lighting was probably the most fun part of this because you could you could build the world by just having colorful lights around. Like you didn't have to I didn't put like a ton of background or set design because it kind of didn't need it a lot of it was backlit so then I could sort of like how theaters like before you see the show sometimes they have the curtain up and it's just like kind of mood lighting and it kind of gets you into the the world where you're going where you will soon be entering into I kind of just stuck with that and yeah because I mean you you have like the greens to make like a forest backdrop or you could kind of go to, to blue and that would be nighttime. And it was really fun just to like play with those and how it could completely change the way the character looked or like how it felt. But yeah, I think lighting also was sort of a horrible thing (laughs) because if you know anything about filming or like, even just lighting glass, I couldn't put anything in front of the fish tank because then it would just reflect and then the audience could like see their own reflection, which I didn't want that to be the case. I wanted it to look like you were looking into something. So yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of backlighting and like heavy side lighting, which kind of made this really dramatic, very theatrical looking kind of, world so as you were experimenting like you mentioned before like with these different fabrics and how they responded in the water like what really stood out to you as like a yes this is something i'm for sure going to do or what were you looking for to create that final visual look hmm i definitely liked it when things like had a lot of flow to it so when i one of the first puppets i made was a fish because i was like it's a fish tank 
we're making a fish, it'll be easy. You know, like beta fish kind of have like that, that very cool looking tail that kind of goes everywhere. So I started with that and I was like, yeah, that'll, that'll be, that'll be the way to go. And then I made it and it was really cool. And I was like, okay, never mind about that. I cannot do fish because then you'll know it's a fish tank. So I wanted to, after that point, I was like, no more fish. <laughs> but yeah, definitely flow factor. Another, another thing about that is that it, it was really easy to make kind of ghostly characters or like ethereal looking characters, um, which was also cool, but not necessarily something. I think I thought it was too easy <laughs> and I just wanted to make more work for myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're looking back at like the way the, the actual capstone show turned out, everything did move very slow and it kind of did, it didn't have the same gravity as like if I had done it out of the water, which I think resulted in sort of like a dreamlike sort of world or just something that moved slower. And when it moves slower, you can kind of like sort of meditate on like where the character is going, the direction they're going and like the effects that it has on the fabric that's behind it or, or whatever. So yeah, it, Early on, I knew like slowness was something that was that was very important. So you mentioned how this being for a live audience kind of affected how you went about um, creating the story and everything. But is is there a a videoed version of this at all? <laughs> I tried. Um, <laughs> I really wish I had kind of worked a little bit harder on that. Again, with the lighting issues, I was dealing with like three different things. There was, I couldn't put light in the, so when you're, when you're videoing something, you always need more light than you do in real life for like a live performance. It just shows up. It's, it's harder to, to see things and it's harder for the camera to catch those little details that you would see normally in real life. Um, especially, so the thing was backlit, which is not camera friendly. I couldn't put any lights in the front uh, because it would reflect and you could see the reflection of the camera and that would take you out of the world. So I didn't want to do that. And then also just having strong enough lights and also room for the puppeteers. Because I built like this whole theater thing and I kind of didn't really know what I was doing. It worked for the show. Um but it usually helps to have the thing first and then be able to make modifications to it. So you know what you're doing later. But um, <laughs> so unfortunately I never got like a good video, but I still have my puppeteers with me or like I could get them together and film it. I think I just need to, to bite the bullet and get some professional to help me. Cause I have no idea what I'm doing, but that's kind of been the theme of the whole thing. I had no idea what I was doing, but it was kind of just like pleasantly surprising the whole way. Uh, you've mentioned a few times now that you had kind of a team working with you. How, how many people did it take to make this live performance happen? I had, not including myself, I had four other puppeteers, which was the perfect amount because everyone had kind of a character they could focus on. Or they usually have like one or two jobs at a time for each scene, but it was just small enough that we could all fit sort of 
on the sides of it. We were definitely like climbing on top of each other and, and everything, but I guess that's just part of it. But yeah, so one of my struggles when I was trying to figure out a storyline and that moving forward, if I do this project, like do future underwater puppetry projects, I need a team like from the beginning. Cause that is, you can't, I can't do that stuff alone. It took forever. And like everyone else has had way better ideas with me. Like once the first, the first rehearsal I had with my puppeteers, I like felt so good about the direction of the thing, which I had not felt before. Cause uh, they just, they were very generous and like helping me out. They were like, well, this is good, but let's go this direction. I think it would make more sense. And I was like, you are completely correct. So <laughs> yeah, teams are important. <laughs> Definitely. Do you have any plans to either do this show again in a live setting or do you have plans for the next one? I'm not entirely sure at this moment. I have other story and project ideas that I want to try out like now that I've done it once. Um, I definitely want to play around with the, I just want to do more video and live performance. Cause I don't know which one I like better. It, there was something really cool about there being like a live audience and, and kind of getting their reactions and things. But yeah, as of now, I'm sort of like moving from my studio at school into like another space has been difficult because this thing is kind of big and also it's like a 30 gallon tank of water (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) i'm figuring out some logistics but i as soon as i can kind of get a designated space for that you will be seeing more of it so yeah yeah that's just to be artistic director and like storyboard writer and producer and like all these things all at once like to me that just seems like a task that's so daunting but the fact that you were able to accomplish it and complete this whole capstone get your team together teach them the story and how to interact with the different puppets like that whole thing to me is just like astonishing in a good way it was it was definitely sleepless but a lot of fun (laughs) (laughs) As all good final semesters of college should be. Uh, yes. I didn't sleep much in my final semester. Awesome. Well, we want to thank you again for taking the time to talk to us today. We are excited to see either some version of this story or whatever stories you come up with next, um, whether it's live or on video, to keep us posted. Um, we'd love to, to see what you come up with. Yeah, will do. Also, if anyone has some story ideas that they would like to see in underwater puppet form, please let me know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what would like make least sense to be underwater and I'm trying to do it. <laughs> Let's create uh, Star Trek. Oh, man. Space, space is fun to do. Space underwater? Yeah. Hmm. Thinking like Anakin Skywalker getting burned alive. Like that that's like Weird. the least watery thing I can think of. Yeah. yeah. Lava would be an interesting challenge, but I think that would look cool. <laughs> challenge. Hmm. <laughs> awesome, Faith. Awesome. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time again. We appreciate it. Yeah. Love talking to you guys. Thanks for having me on here. <laughs> Absolutely.
That wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. Just a real quick update for those of you who have been following along. In the last few episodes, we mentioned registration opened up for the workshop. If you check out our website right now, you'll see that unfortunately we did have to postpone that workshop until next summer. Good news is we already have the dates. It will be June 6th through 8th. It'll still be in Milwaukee. Um, so you can be planning ahead for that. We hope many of you are able to join us for that. And we're excited for some bigger plans we are going to be able to to hopefully carry out, including maybe an appearance by faith. So stay tuned for that. We'll have lots more details in just a few weeks here. But thank you for your patience and understanding through that. And then, as always, if you have questions you want answers to, people you want to hear from, or you, like Faith, want to talk about the cool projects you are working on, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to us at heartsenhandspodcast at gmail.com. And we want to say uh, thank you and shout out to our supporters on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash heartsenhandspodcast. We appreciate the support financially and uh, prayerfully as well. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.